Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say on every show today, we got a great one for you because you know what? Every artist is great that we bring on. And today, we got the privilege of having James Robert Webb on. And boy, is he rising right now. We've looked at some of the stats and all that, and he's definitely rocking and rolling right now. So, James, are you here? I am. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's great to be on. So how are you doing? And then I'm doing I like pretty to well. kind of start with, with this COVID, you know, is, you know, how are you doing through the COVID? Because again, you know, kind of time stamping each of our interviews right now <laughs> with the COVID. Plus sure. I like to really know how people are doing internally. Cause you know, that's, that's, that's tough right now for especially artists. Yes. Uh, you know, my day job, luckily, that hasn't changed because I'm essential, but the music is uh, – like the music touring and performance is pretty much shut down. And a lot of people are – you know, it's June – What uh, you know, it's the end of June, and a lot of places are opening back up. I've got friends that are out playing locally, but uh, for me, like the risk is still kind of high, and, uh, you know, we've just kind of to consider all of that. So I've really yeah. been just focusing, you know, I've on one side, I've really been enjoying spending more time with my family. <laughs> uh, and I've really made, tried to make the most of the time by writing mm-hmm. and working on other things, the music business. So uh, you yeah, don't want to just really be sitting awesome around here when everything's shut down. Yeah. It's, it's, been yeah good, and, 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 it's been good. And, you know, we get, we get that with you. Like you said, cause you know, a lot of people they've just, you know, pretty much said, you know what, I'm going to just kick back for a few months. And right. I remember when, when all this got shut down, I told Sandy, because we just launched our show January of 2000, I mean, this year, January 3rd. Yes, wow. and I January remember, 3rd this year. <laughs> and you're now, Man. you're our 100, and you're our 135th Fifth. interview. Yeah, 135. Wow. Yeah, 100, 100. <laughs> and, you guys are killing it. I, re- I mean, you're just, you know, we're trying. That's awesome. Absolutely. But, what, but, but, what's, oh, but what's funny about all this is when we our original goal was eighty around seventy eighty interviews first year that yeah. was kind of the goal yeah. but when, maybe top but when 100. the coronavirus mm-hmm. but when the coronavirus um told Sandy yes, you know what this is our time to shine because artists need to talk because right. they don't yeah. you know they're not out singing. I was like we'll right. probably get bigger artists than we normally would for a new show, and it's mm-hmm. worked yeah. because we stepped it up, and tomorrow we've got our biggest artist coming on ever, Cassidy Pope. Cool. Yes. Sweet. Very excited. Well, thanks. Well, maybe maybe you'll so have Garth yeah. next month. You know, <laughs> that'll be oh, awesome. We would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, That's so cool. as we get started here, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Sure. I, you know, I'm a father of three. I'm actually a a physician who helps people with broken backs and osteoporosis mm-hmm. and I'm a songwriter uh with banner music in Nashville. Uh, you know, I grew up on a little farm within four H and FFA and you know, I used to, you know, play down at the Roundup Club and uh then I've always been in music. I was uh, like a jazz oh, wow. all state piano player when I was mm-hmm. in high school. And I, I, you know, I got interested in songwriting instead of just playing about eight years ago, and that's kind of what has uh, grown from that. I love all genres of music, really. Uh, to mm-hmm. me, it's about quality rather than the genre. Yeah. But uh, what attracts me, you know, why I love about country the most is it's just like, you know, 
it's you know it's honest you know and yep. it's more lyric lyric driven. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right, exactly. Three <laughs> strings on the truth, or six strings on the truth for, for, for me, too. Uh, <laughs> I was at, you know, uh, I met, we were just shooting the video for Think About It a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to the property owner out in this beautiful place in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where we were shooting at, and they have all this art installation. And and uh, the guy turns out to be like, a, he's a professor of philosophy at Vanderbilt. But, uh, one of the first things he asked mm-hmm. me before I go all this was like, what is the truth in six strings on the truth? <laughs> And you know, my answer was, you know, it's just you know, country music's supposed to be telling the truth and not, uh, you know, not dressing things up or you know, trying to be fake. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, just it's raw, showing the honest, honesty, raw, yeah, because mm-hmm. the authenticity might be another way to say it. Uh, yeah, because everybody can, you know, uh, everybody's mama might not have, you know, stood up at the Harbor Valley BTA, but they've all, you know, a lot of us that grew up poor and stuff and you really understand that kind of feeling of being discriminated against and, and things like that mm-hmm. you know so those are all things that you know individual stories may not be like autobiographical but they tell a deeper truth in country typically mm-hmm. yeah. and and really when you look at the genres out there probably the closest genre when it comes to that is really hip-hop slash rap you know yeah the, you know because of the story and and that usually they're rapping about their life and how they grew up so it's funny the two genres are so opposite but yet they're so the same <laughs> well you know there's it's funny you mention that because you know i grew up uh listening to like dre and you know andre, mm-hmm. andre young and, and all those people and you know nwa and all that stuff and even yep, though I, I did too in the middle of in you know, in and... Tulsa, <laughs> yeah, even though I grew up in Oklahoma, you know, in uh, Kellyville, Oklahoma, like I had 84 people in my class, there was something about mm-hmm. that music that uh, spoke to me. And I think, you know, as I look now, especially things we're going through now, it's really about the commonality of, uh, you know, wealth inequality and people, you know, uh, people being poor, not having options. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whether you're in whether you're in Compton on Rosecrans or you're in you know, Kellyville out on Indian Road. If you don't have options and you you know you want to get out of the situation you're in, you know you can either you know you model what you see. So people yeah. may go sell drugs, and we had you know that's when I grew up. You know the people that had a bunch of money in my hometown were like you know some not everybody, but I mean like we knew yeah. you you know the yeah. drug dealers had the big boats and stuff like that. Even though it's like a little town, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, or you can do that, or you can go on the light. You know, you can follow the light side of the force, or whatever. You know, and try to try to find a way to be positive and, and do things by contributing. Uh, so you know, it's all. And I think that's you know, that and very much is kind of like how if you looked at Dr. Dre's life story, for example, is very, you know, uh, being around dark things and choosing you know to do things that are positive. So um, yeah. I think there's there's so much. A lot of the stuff about race now is is really we're making it about race. A lot of it is so so much about uh, you know people being poor and uh, yeah, that's what I think is the big key: poor versus rich. It is mm-hmm. right, yeah. And a lot of people you know tend that are poor tend to live in rural areas or in in cities, and and but people in cities that are poor in inner cities tend to have there's a larger concentration of people. So. It's anyway yeah. without getting into politics. I mean, there's just there's so many things that music can bridge those. Mm-hmm. Music can bridge exactly. those, and that's what I've always oh, learned yeah. as artists that can mm-hmm. speak to people regardless of if you have a doctorate yeah. in education or you didn't finish right. uh, junior high, or you're black or white or you're you know you're from South Africa or you're from you know uh, Peoria, Illinois or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. I, the artists that 
speak to to those common themes that everybody can relate to. Yeah, exactly. So as we really before we dig real deep in here, um, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Hobbies outside of music. Yeah, I like to sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big coffee fiend. Um, mm-hmm. I play some video games. I'm not a huge gamer, but uh, I tend to kind of play more like iOS type of games. Uh, of late, uh, I really like songwriting. So I spend a lot of my time, you know, journaling and, and writing uh, with other people yeah. in the music production. So a lot of my stuff, you know, a lot of the things I do, it's just so geared to, to music because you kind of like build your life around that or the family. But uh, <laughs> you know, I like cars. I like, uh, you know, I like cooking. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. I've been on oh, well. the ketogenic diet for about a month now, so I'm kind of in into that. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely. I'm really into like philosophy and, and thinking about things, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I guess not to be like trying That's to be intellectual or anything, but it's, yeah, it's just the, you know, what is it about all these things in the world? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, I love college football. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I, I love doing. It's just like all my time tends to kind of refocus around music and, uh, especially of late. <laughs> But I like to read. I mean, that's the other thing. That's how you refill the well of creativity. Is, you know, reading great literature. Yeah. I love traveling. Well, what age? Thing. That's a good one. Yeah, I travel. I like yeah. that. That's kind of limited right oh, now. Oh yes, we yeah, unless you're travel. just in a car. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, at what age did you realize that you could probably do this for a living? Now, Greg, I know that you're, you know, you're still not, you're not full time yet. You're working towards that. Sure. But at what age did you realize this could actually be a career for you? You know, I, I think I felt the resonance with music on that, you know, like something mm-hmm. I was meant to do probably as early as four. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. But I think growing up where I grew up, where uh, everybody's struggling and you're concerned about making ends meet, it's like that was never mm-hmm. really an option because, mm-hmm. you know, the musicians you know aren't, you know, it's a long road if you're going to be successful and most people never, you know, break even. Uh, I can remember being in college, you know, probably, I guess I was – 18 and I was backing some bands that uh, me and my roommate were like doing a lot of backing band stuff for people that were wanting to sing at talent at this big talent show we had. And somebody yeah. asked me, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, you're, you're pretty good. And have you ever thought about going to LA or to Nashville? And then I remember looking yeah. out the dorm window at the afternoon golden sun on the lawn and uh, at Oklahoma Baptist and Shawnee and, and think and saying, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do that, but I also, you know, would love to have a family someday. And you know, most musicians have, a, you know, it's really hard for them to support a family. Uh, I think for me, it was just part of that. For me, it was also the the drive to break mm-hmm. out of uh, being poor. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that we were we weren't, uh, you know, by any means the worst, you know, the most poor people yeah. in the world. We weren't dust bowl poor or anything like that, but it's just, there was always a continuous struggle and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to have, you know, to get to a point where maybe I could have some room to breathe. My goal was always just kind of to, to, uh, to find some level of independence. And I, I think a lot of people can mm-hmm. relate to that, whether that's financial or being out from under the, you know, the thumb of your parents or, or whatever, um, or trying to follow your own dreams. So for me, the yeah. first dream was really try to be independent. So I didn't really, uh, music was always something I did on the side, but it was never something that mm-hmm. really 
it's, you know, it's hard to pay the bills with it. But when I once I got interested in songwriting, that's when it was, uh, you know, kind of foreordained to me of that, you know, this is your destiny that, you know, you're going to be. Oh, wow. You have this virus. <laughs> and, and, you and, and, you know, <laughs> and usually I take the show to where we talk about some highs and then we talk about the struggle side. But I think I'm going to go the struggle side first on this one because you're kind of going that okay. way already. Um, so, sure. Because you know, I like to hit both sides. I think a lot, a lot of times people, they see the glory, but they don't see the grind, that what it really takes to be an artist, to make it at any level. And I'm going right. to tell a little story that will help lead us into that. <clears throat> um, in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full-time yeah. with music. And one of the questions I asked was, um, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, because once you have to do it as a career, once you feel like you do, need to do it as a career, and, and this doesn't mean that, that you don't have a job outside of it. This just means that you're working towards it being a career. Once you get to that point, you, everything has to change. You have to think different. You have to eat different. You have to breathe different almost. I mean, you have to be a different person because there's so much sacrifices that goes with this. She goes, we don't, have, we don't get to take holidays off. In fact, holidays is usually when gigs are played. We, our families have to sacrifice. You know, we, if we have a bad day today, we got a gig tonight, we got to smile like we didn't have a bad day today on that stage. So we have to do so much. She says, but... If your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way that those type, type of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. And, again, I don't think she's meaning that, that you don't have a job, that to be all, all in doesn't mean you're not doing a job and music. It just means mentally you've got to be all in. Yeah, I completely agree with what Allison said. I think that works in so many areas of life. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, that kind of comes back to the uh, – so like in the New Testament, Jesus uh, had the parable of the rich young ruler who's mm-hmm. a, a guy that kind of came – You know, maybe he's a lawyer who knows whatever. Yeah. He says, you know, what do I have to do to follow you? And he says, you know, <laughs> follow all these commandments and yada, yada, yada. And you can go look it up and get all the details. I don't want to yep. misquote it. So you, know, you mm-hmm. need to follow all the commandments and – and he said, well, I've done these things since I was a kid. And then, then Jesus says, well, you know, you have to sell all your possessions and come, you know, take up your cross and follow me. And the guy went away sad because he had a lot of possessions. And uh, that's a Christian quote, but it's also a very Buddhist kind of thought of uh, the fact of attachment and who who we really are as a person. Uh, we we have uh, you know we have who we say we are, who are for you know the old meme of my parents think I do this and. My friends mm-hmm. think I do this, and my wife thinks I do this. And, you know, like the little meme. Uh, you really have to find out who you are in in order to step into that role, whether as a songwriter or as a physician or an artist. Mm-hmm. You have to. There's a transformation that has to take place, and mm-hmm. you have to kind of become that role to some extent. Yeah. Uh, I think what Allison said is particularly. I mean, that's kind of what I heard in medical school a lot. You know, if you can do anything mm-hmm. else, you should not go into medicine because it's a long. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was in I was in school after high school, 13 years basically, in, in all my training. Oh, so wow. Four years of medical school, and mm-hmm. then I did a year of internal medicine, and then a mm-hmm. three year, four year, four years of you know, and then a 
than a, a, res, a fellowship. And so I ended up spending more time, as much time as I did K through 12. So it's really mm-hmm. a long mm-hmm. you know, success. And people that are in it for monetary values are just as crazy as somebody who tries to get into music because they think they're going to become mm-hmm. a rich, you know, rap star or whatever. So it's yeah. really, I, I agree with what she said in that you have to, if it's a calling, you know, at some point when you realize that you have, you know, you have to do this uh, and you're quote unquote doing the artist thing, <laughs> as people would say, and there's, there's separate sacrifices associated with that, but uh, also to be a mm-hmm. great writer, there's, uh, you have to write thousands and thousands of songs to get to a point where you're, yeah. uh, you know, consistently writing songs. And I think most people, most writer artists don't get that. Um, and that's mm-hmm. always been my goal more than as an artist is to to be a writer because you know the you know writing a song that touches people is uh the easiest way so to important you know, to entertain an audience to me you know <laughs> most definitely but, but there are struggles yeah mhm and we get you cuz we're there you know w- you know we do side gigs and all that to stay up but i mean we're kind of mm-hmm. chasing the same type of dream as a host as you that's are right. as an artist yeah. because because we have a platform here, and we want to be the Bobby Bones, but as couples. But you know, because there ain't nobody as I know of a couple right. out there like like this that's doing a show. Mm-hmm. And and we, you know, we want our show. That's why the tagline is up close and personal to get personal with artists like we are yeah. today. And um, because I think that's where we are unique. And and again, our you know, we're trying to outwork everybody. Like I said, this is our 135th yeah. interview since January 3rd. And as far as I know, I don't know anybody that does that. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. In, in this period of time. You know, uh, <laughs> it might be a show that's been out there for five years or ten years. You know. But, yeah, I mean, it's in any – and that's what I would say to listeners and to you know, mm-hmm. anybody I come in contact with, especially young yeah, kids yeah. and stuff. It's just like uh, you – if you have options, like if you're capable of thinking and dreaming and, and planning and, and doing things, and that kind of goes, you know, to use another uh, parable, you know, the parable of the talents. Of if mm-hmm. you have, you know, if you have something and you develop it, then that, then that, you know, can pay dividends. But if you don't follow that, you know, you're never going to really get anything from it. But it takes some sacrifice and uh, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I'm, I'm having uh, – there was a call coming in, so I was sorry. I was trying to throw my phone <laughs> off. Um, so I'm trying to give some space there. So, but it, you know, following following your dreams, whether it is you know whether it's to you know what whatever you feel the passion that you, you know like what you're led to yeah. do, what whatever resonates with you. You know, people mm-hmm. use it. I think the word passion is kind of overused, but there's really not a better word for it because you have to really find what. What resonates with you, what mm-hmm. makes you tick, and what yeah. you know, energizes you? Because uh, I, one of my favorite quotes that I heard when I was <laughs> – I think it was back when I was a teenager and I was working in a nursing home. It's like if you find a job that you love, you never work a day in your life. And I certainly <laughs> yeah. you know, didn't – there's a lot about that I didn't love. But, uh, you know, I'm really lucky because as a writer, you know, I I love it. So it's not – Yeah. it's not arduous. It's not uh, – <laughs> There are sacrifices and there's hard work involved, but it's something that's enjoyable because you're honing your craft yeah. and you're trying mm-hmm. to become the best that you can. So just like mm-hmm. a professional athlete, you know, you're trying to do, you know, trying to outdo yourself, and and part of that's transformation. You know, I'm really big on you know personal transformation and 
spirituality, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you really have to know Same who here. you are and, and what what you're trying to do. Um, you know what's funny? You're talking about that. <clears throat> I remember 17 years, and it's you know it's, we can kind of come full circle here. 17 years ago, when Sandy and I married, I was one of these people that were big into motivational audios. I wanted to be a motivational speaker and all that, and I was determined that was my. I felt like that was my path that God had me on. And Sandy comes in my life, and she just wants to be in music some way. And so I listened to audios. 24-7 back then. She listened to music 24-7 back then. So when we was in the car, there's a little situation. We had to comp- we had to learn to compromise and do it kind of 50-50. We kind of did a 50-50 split. We would listen to audios half the time and music half the time. And I always kind of joked that she brainwashed me into all this music stuff because here it is now, 17 years later, God has prepared us for this moment to where we have been able to take both our passions, my passions for speaking, and her passion for music, and combine it into one where we can build a legacy together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really believe that that's where we are right now, and that this is the moment that that we're supposed to be in with this show. And it's just amazing that I'm still getting to do what I was passionate about, and she's getting to do what she's passionate about, and we do it together. Right. I. I think there's, you know, a profound beauty in that. Um, there was, a, I think, a quote by Joe Walsh. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like on one of these documentaries, and he said something to the effect of like, you know, you're going through life, and you're fighting it out, and you're, you know, you're trying, you know, you're trying your best. You have setbacks, you have little gains, you're working, you, know, you have struggles, and things, you know, then you get hit with things out of the middle of nowhere, successes, and you get, you know, huge problems <laughs> that, that come and. And mm-hmm. it seems like it's all coming out of nowhere, but looking back, it's like a finely crafted novel. And uh-huh. once you get a little time and perspective and experience, then you can see how your life experiences are just kind of focusing to bring you into this role that you're at. And some people do mm-hmm. that faster than others. You know? And yeah, some people it takes longer. We've really been molded. And it's funny, you know, we really have molded for this spot because most of our interviews go about 60 minutes on average. But here's the funny part about that number. Um, for 17 years of our marriage, we'd be out, we would be out on the street talking to people. And I'm talking strangers, not friends here. We'd run into somebody, and if we're two, right. three minutes in a conversation, Sandy would know. She'd almost roll her eyes many times. <laughs> we laugh about <laughs> it now, but she was always upset about this because she knows we're there 60 minutes. If I start a conversation with somebody and we get to about the two, three, four-minute mark, it's over. We're just going to talk right. and talk mm-hmm. and talk and talk for 60 minutes, and I've done that thousands of times. So here it yeah. is. I, we mm-hmm. had no idea that all those years it was preparing us to do a, a 60-minute show where we just have a conversation. With yeah, ours. we just didn't know at that time. <laughs> That's right. How you know how how cool is that to look back and and see that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a as a physician, you know, my mm-hmm. training was I do you know I have a very subspecialty training, but uh, I started mm-hmm. working with a general group, and uh, there's certain things that's expected that you're supposed to do in this role and. And I left that group and went out on my own, which was a huge jump. And then a couple of years later, I, oh, wow. I just felt this calling to, you know, I focus more on the things that I like to do. Like the thing I like to do mm-hmm. is help people that have spinal fractures, this procedure yeah. called kyphoplasty, because I'm really talented at it 
for whatever you know I mean in, in the humble way it's just like I have a some some innate gift that I'm born with that I'm really able to do it efficiently uh, mm-hmm. and so the more I uh, let go of the things that I'm quote unquote supposed to be doing as a radiologist <laughs> or whatever uh, which uh-huh. works with you know that I'm supposed to be doing as a teacher or as a songwriter or whatever the mm-hmm. more you follow your intuition every time I've done that uh, and found more of a niche to follow mm-hmm. uh, my oh, wow. you know I've had a tenfold increase in happiness and uh, you know mm-hmm. and and you you know you you make a better living at it and you're less stressed and you're uh, you know more focused so at the end of the day I look back and wow you know there's nobody else in mm-hmm. the state that does what I do and I guess that's why I'm mm-hmm. supposed to answer that call and if I hadn't <laughs> exactly. answered that call I'd be languishing and it's the same thing with the writing you know if I hadn't started yeah. writing and and like you know I'm writing the first step and yeah some of this is cool but mm-hmm. you know some of it's terrible and I'm like you know why am I you know and if you've just given up at that point, it's like uh, if you realize there's something special in there that's calling you, you've got to mm-hmm. kind of follow that will of the wisp through exactly. the woods to to kind of go on the on your journey on your path. So it's uh, it's it's challenging. It takes a lot of faith and courage on that side. I just kind of learned eventually that uh, that I need to follow my intuition because anytime yeah. I get one of those glimpses, it's almost like a mystical experience of you know God's telling you you know the universe, what are you mm-hmm. going to say that, you know, you're being led to, there's a reason that resonates with you and you need to pay attention to those like synchronicities. Things that seem to happen. I mean, I get, I get that 100%. I mean, we actually originally launched new country buzz back in 2014. And in fact, even back then we interviewed Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Knowing where she is now. Um, but we so much happened back then that we ended up shutting it down in 2015, October 2015. And, and I, I, I tried to push this music stuff away so much that I even let go of the domain, New Country Buzz. But yeah. every six months, I would go to GoDaddy. Oh, nope, nobody's bought it. Six months later, yeah. oh, nope, nobody's bought it. It was three years later, October 2018. It was eating me. I always wondered, what if? I hate that word. You know, I've never lived my life. Right. As a what if person, I've always lived my life. I would rather die broke and gave it yeah. my all than to wonder right. what if. And so I told Sandy at the end of 2000, I said, you know what? Somebody should have bought that domain by now. It was a good, I mean, newcountrybuzz.com and it's a really great domain name. Mm-hmm. I was like, right. there's no reason it shouldn't be bought. I was like, we're supposed to do that. So I was like, I feel like we're supposed to relaunch and finish what we started. And so she was like, let's do it. We, so we relaunched, we built the foundation kind of 2019, and then 2020, we decided to step it up with the Chris and Sandy show, and here we are. Again, it was one of the moments to where I felt I just, I was empty inside. I felt like I was supposed to do something, and I was not doing it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, because that is like the internal personal struggle, right, of <laughs> following the path and following your intuition, you know, as a physician, and scientists, mm-hmm. you know, intuition's trained out of us to some extent. You're supposed to look at data and numbers. <laughs> and but I found a session last two or well, I've been on in the spiritual journey the last year really, where I've mm-hmm. uh, really focused on intuition. And the more I focus on that, the more you know you become good at telling it. And I think that's like yeah. if you look at thing practices like divination or coin flips or whatever, like the I I Ching or whatever, it's really mm-hmm. those are. Uh, those are just ways of telling you 
of you getting in touch with your feelings. You know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. God's telling you. You know, like what, mm-hmm. what you have that insight in if you would just listen to it. Because sometimes it, uh, it's hard to believe. Like you may think that mm-hmm. you may see some kind of destiny that you think, well, there's no way I could do that. Or I'm not worthy. Or uh, mm-hmm. that would be too hard. Or that's crazy or whatever. But if you follow those dreams, the little flashes of intuition, that's where where you make most of your progress in my experience. Yep. You're so right on. And now that we've really hit the, hit the um, sacrifice side, and I think we hit that good, um, um, let's go flip it the other way and talk about, okay, what are some of the moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? And we can even – and, of course, I definitely want to talk about your – this song and the Billboard Top 40 now, and also the CDX Traction number one. I mean, yeah, you've right. got it going Five on weeks. right now. So tell us about some well, of those moments. Yeah, you know, I my first song at radio was my first recorded album was in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, a Christmas album called Born This Day, and that song actually went over was like number one on the European chart. And mm-hmm. we had a song off of there called uh, Long Hot Winter that we kind of tested at radio. And then uh, then I had my album pictures that had like Party in the Barn and a couple of these other songs, Daddy Made a Million. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, had How That Feels and Making Love Tonight were top 40 at the Music Row. And so I had a lot of success going on then. And that's about the time I was, uh, my partners in Banner Music, uh, Daniel and Candela, kind of, uh, they've been in the business about 20 years and they've had this publishing company. And and I started, you know, investing there and kind of onto the company, and we had a lot of momentum going. And then we mm-hmm. you know, had a couple of people that were uh, psychic vampires, you know, let's put it that way. They were negativity <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of killed the momentum mm-hmm. and things like that. We got, you know, some big-name people and stuff, and, but they were just uh, – there were problems. You know, not necessarily big-name, yeah. but people that were known, you know. Had, yeah. You know, had, have a, they have a great resume, but then they get on – you know, become, it saps the energy. And uh, my next album, Home Talk Revival, came on, and I had a, a song, you know, Six Strings in the Truth was kind of like the lead single, which is one of my favorite songs that I've written. And it actually to, today is still like the number one song on iTunes, like Ben's uh, <clears throat> feature there. Um, but Country Radio didn't like it. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that kind of slowed my momentum down a little bit. But it was really, you know, me releasing that, being true to myself, was a good thing. But it also yeah. ended up slowing down momentum there. And so during that time, I had some personal problems in my life over the next couple of years, like just you know different issues that you had to deal with that kind of sap your energy between that mm-hmm. and, and the business stuff. It's, you know, those are things you have to fight through because everybody has those. You know, you have, uh, yeah. everybody has you know, mm-hmm. somebody that in their company that's, you know, like I'm lucky to not, you know, if you have a manager that's like embezzling from you or whatever kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you have things like that, even if they're that major or if they're just more minor, you have to fight through those. And now we're kind of in a space where we're back on the, on the grow with Banner and Banner music is really a publishing mm-hmm. company, but they've they're managed right. me and they do a lot of my stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and we work with artists, we do songwriter development. And so that's kind of our focus in like mm-hmm. uh, growing in that part of uh, in the industry now where everybody's doing record label services. So, we have a lot of things that are going on right now that I'm kind of excited about. I don't want to comment on yet, but it's just we're yeah. you know in that phase where that part of the company is growing because you know begin with the end in mind. And back in you know 13 or 14 when I started doing that, I knew I, I didn't pull any water in Nashville. You know, I mean I'm not even, you know 
I'm just starting out, but I you know started with the business side, and today we're kind of expanding on some pretty exciting stuff at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I guess it was 2018 that I had a friend who was doing radio promotion that knew Buddy Cannon and passed my music on to him. And, and oh, then wow. I took, you know, wanted to take a meeting with me, so I took a meeting with Buddy Cannon, played some songs for him, and he, he played some songs he found, and uh, you know, he liked what he heard, and vice versa. And so we, mm-hmm. the next thing we know, I'm recording with Buddy Cannon, who <laughs> you know, I oh, would wow. still consider an A-lister uh, mm-hmm. because I'm a traditionalist. Okay, so I consider Buddy yeah. Cannon, you know, like an A-lister. You know, there's maybe like five to ten people in that caliber in Nashville, in, in my opinion, on, as producers. And um, mm-hmm. so that has, you know, changed things. And at the same time, I've, you know, from 2013, let's not forget one. So when I started writing, I'd never sang before. I was a musician. I played, you know, I played drums, I played guitar, I played piano, I played piano, steel, <laughs> whatever. But I never sang until I started writing. Yeah. Uh, and so I've, whereas most of the artists that I know have been singing since they were little kids, basically. And, um, but I, you know, I was late in life when I started singing, and so developing that voice over this time, um, mm-hmm. the people that helped me develop kind of got me to the point where I kind of found my voice for the most part and could step into that role of working with Buddy. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I, you know, I couldn't have. I wasn't. I wasn't a good enough singer before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had some success there, and, and like you mentioned, most recently the song we have, "Think About It." Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just had an intuition about that song back, you know, in January or whenever. And, you know, it's the perfect, now it's look, look at it, it's like the perfect song. You know, it, it jives with my message of mindfulness and being mm-hmm. present, mm-hmm. you know, and experiencing the world, you know, instead of being a phone to our device or a slave to our device yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first line of that song is When's the Last Time You Went Outside, right? You know, because we're all mm-hmm. always in here. You know, there's another song I have that uh, that uh, the first line is, you know, we've been doing the electric slide. When's the last time <laughs> I even looked you in? When's the last time I even looked you in the eye? You know, mm-hmm. We spend so much time with our partners and friends, and, and we don't even, you know, have face-to-face mm-hmm. conversations. We're, hand, you know, we're holding, a, yeah, you know, we're slaves to these electronic overlords. And so that was kind of when I released when I we kind of made the decision to release that that was part of it just because we're technologically so you know enmeshed and everything and then along comes COVID and it's mm. through an entirely different color lens that I can never you know can never guess is going to happen yeah. and makes um, that song even more live right and you know we've had people you know most of the reviews we've had have like talked about you know in the age of COVID and it's just like <laughs> this is the best song <laughs> uh, so. And just so many, you know, synchronicitous type of things with that. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's been the the number, I think for the last five weeks, it's been the number one song uh, as far as airplay, the most airplay for an indie artist, for a non-major label artist at Country Radio. That is awesome. TDX, True Indie Chart. So, yeah, that is awesome. Uh-huh. We've had some amazing, there's amazing artists, you know, that are, are below me that I you know, I mm-hmm. keep thinking I can't believe we're holding on to this you know, airplane <laughs> because there's you know like yeah. James Dupree and, and yeah you've got some great mm-hmm. artists below John Barry on yeah. the song I'm like I can't believe that uh, this song is I mean I'm grateful I'm I'm, I'm just <laughs> blown away that it's still you know stayed up there and it's uh-huh. actually my first song to break top forty at Billboard so 
Wow. Um, so that's pretty amazing. And then we have a video that we just shot and uh, CMT is considering it. Um, oh, wow. So that'll be, more, you know, that, that may happen. And then like, what else, what else, you know, this, this week I also got, I went from two weeks ago on TikTok, which I was just kind of playing around with stuff every once in a while. I had nine followers. Right. And I just hit mm-hmm. a thousand followers this morning. So um, I oh, wow. did, like I did I did some you know, little quirky video <laughs> on a duet and I, that has like seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. views and, and this morning I just went over a <laughs> thousand followers and did my first live stream there so um, yeah. you know there's just so many weird things that are going on uh, writing with you know some great writers and just um, as me and you, you both know, know it's God moving this plan here. Absolutely. I mean, you just get out of the way, and you'll be amazed at what <laughs> God can do. <laughs> if you stop, you got to get out of your own way sometimes. That's yeah. right. You're, you don't. You're not the director. You're neither the director nor the producer of your movie. You know, you may think you are. <laughs> so just, let's just get out of the way and, uh, yeah, have your heart in the right place, and you know, do do the things you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing every day. You know, go. You know, and you, you know, I remember to, hearing a yeah. quote uh, that I've never forgot that um that said that. Uh, that work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. All of that. Yeah. That's a great quote. Yeah. You have to have, I mean, I think that's the thing with faith. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, when you have faith, you know, when you go to prayer, when you, you just sit down and pray instantly and it's like, it is in a trance like state. You're entering an altered state of consciousness that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like shamans and other people like tried all these crazy things to try to get into but as a Christian, mm-hmm. or you know, if, if that's your faith, then like I grew up as a Southern Baptist, and so when I sit down and yeah. pray, it's just like I immediately enter that kind of oneness with the Creator, you know, and going right before the throne. And so that's really important things in pop psychology and all these self-improvement, self-improvement mm-hmm. stuff earlier, and, and really a lot of it's just the mindset and the. You know, if, if you have the ask and you will receive, well, you have to believe that you're going to receive, but it's really pretty mm-hmm. plain. You, you ask and you receive, just kind of like a daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes an example of how many times your kids, uh, you know, ask for something and, you know, like if you ask them for bread, you're not going to give them a scorpion. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so it's just, you know, that faith, getting into that, uh, staying in that state of faith and positivity mm-hmm. and ignoring. The negative, you know, the the naysaying in the back of your mind and everything, and just, yeah. you know, I know that God has my back, and you know, the way I see it, mm-hmm. my vision that I'm getting is probably from Him, and I think it's going to work mm-hmm. out. And if it doesn't work out that way, I know it's going to work out okay. Yeah, exactly. It's how we feel. And you know, it's a perfect time to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, think about it, and we'll come back and talk some more. How's that sound? It sounds great to me, man. Thanks. Okay. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Shovel Creek Bank Clay made fresh mud pies Had nothing to do or felt the morning dew on your bare feet When's the last time you made a stranger smile? Look at a cloud through the eyes of a child Watched a red sunset or got soaking wet With bubble yum in your cheek I wonder how much happier I'd be If I listened to the child inside of me about it. This old world's a wonderful place, no way around it. I always find myself amazed. I'm astounded, we're surrounded by beautiful things that we don't even understand. It seems to me we're all part of a bigger plan when you think about it. Starlight glimmering down on a lake at night, laid on your back and dove right into that black ink sky. We're all living on a big rock, and none of us know when we'll punch the clock. And there's only so many sunrises that we've got. What do you say we catch one for old time? When you think about it. This old world's a wonderful place, no way around it. I always find myself amazed. I'm astounded, we're surrounded by beautiful things that we don't even understand. It seems to me we're all part of a bigger plan when you think about it. Think about it. This old world's a wonderful place, no way around it. I always find myself amazed. I'm astounded, we're surrounded by beautiful things that we don't even understand. Seems to me we're all part of a bigger plan. It's the little things in life that make it grand. When you think about it When you think about it Really great song there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love this song. Thank you. <laughs> So tell us the story behind this, that particular song. How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting. Uh, you know, we mentioned already I kind of have a lot of uh, 
I'm definitely kind of a thoughtful person, you know, kind of philosophical mm-hmm. kind of person. And uh, yeah, we can tell that, very, which is a good yeah, thing. I'm also very mystical, you know. I'm like all into the, mm-hmm. the you know, into the wonder of the world. And uh, one morning we're on Music Row, and I'm right with uh, Alex Dooley and uh, another artist, Shelby Lee Lowe. And Shelby Lee is from Tennessee, from a little town called Possum Trot, which I've always been kind of mm-hmm. uh, jealous of. I mean, Possum Trot, Tennessee is like maybe <laughs> that's maybe that yeah. maybe beats Pigeon Forge, you know. Uh, I'm from Bluebell, Oklahoma, technically, which is pretty cool. So, but uh, Shelby comes Mm -hmm. in, and so he's from Tennessee, and uh, I grew up in Oklahoma. And he says, you know, I want to write a song like that song. Have you ever heard of the song "Do You Realize" by the Flaming Lips? (laughs) And that's uh, Flaming Lips are from Oklahoma City. They're from Oklahoma, and that song is actually like Oklahoma's official state rock song because it was a big song in the Mm -hmm. '90s for them. And I think that song really was written about uh, someone who was one of their friends that was struggling with addiction, like heroin addiction or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some lines in there like, you know, do you realize that you have the most wonderful face? Do you realize we're just floating through space? And that you, know, you realize that everyone you know someday will die. So instead of telling them, uh, so instead of, you know, saying all your goodbyes, just tell, like, it's basically one of those things that like, tell them that you realize that, you know, that life is short and all this stuff. And, yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. mean something to you, which I think is a really deep message. Uh, and there's also a, another line in there, like, you realize the sun is not going down. It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning around. Uh, so there's, like, a lot of deep stuff that is just also very real. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. And it's it's set in this alternative rock song that kind of, like, if you don't listen to the lyrics, it's just kind of, you know, you don't really – you think it's just <laughs> – you, you know, it's about some girl or something. And you realize you have the most beautiful face thing. So mm-hmm. we started writing uh, things, uh, and that's kind of where Think About It fell out. And uh, oh, wow. you know, we started with you know, and so we thought about what is what is it about this song? Uh, and one of the things for me about that song is just the whole, you know, it's the cowboy philosopher in me of you know, this world is much bigger than you and I, and it's bigger than the mm-hmm. you know things around us and the rocks and trees and stuff, and. Um, well, I think one of my favorite lines in that – one of my favorite lines is think about it, and definitely one of Buddy Cannon's favorite lines is, you know, we're all living on a big rock, and none of us know when we'll punch the clock, and, there, you yeah. know, and there's only so many sunrises mm-hmm. that we've got because uh, we, uh-huh. uh, we were tweaking something in the studio, and he's like, don't you change that line, you know, because we were <laughs> we – we he's like, I love that line kind of thing. Because, uh, you know, it is a uh, – you know, as you get older, you can't help but thinking about your time, your legacy, and what what are you doing with life. But uh, you know, a lot of us really thought about that early. You know, and uh, you know, even you can be nine years old and think about, you know, I'm not going to live forever, and you mm-hmm. think about eternity, and you can also think about, well, why yep. am I here? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, am I here just to be a hedonist, or am I here to, you know, to do something that that I find fulfillment and also pay back to yeah. other people? And mm-hmm. um, I think not everybody has that intellectual capacity, and, and that's fine because we're not all uh, – you know, maybe it's an intellectual thing or maybe it's just a burden that some of us have. You know, not everybody is always thinking about, you know, how can I be a better person or how can I be better at this or that. You know, so it's kind of an obsession thing, and it's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a blessing and a curse but, uh, for, the, for those people that, that answer the call of – of looking into that question, it's kind of like you can never be the same again. You have to, you know, mm-hmm. you can't just kind of blow it off. I mean, you do have to, uh, 
you know, you have to, to what, if, if I have a choice in how I'm, if I'm partly, if I'm the co-author of my life, then what am I doing, you know, to make the story something I'll be proud of when I die, yeah. whether that's when I'm 19 yeah. or if I'm 106. Uh, exactly. You know, am I living my life in a way that that, uh, that I would be proud of? And it may not, and that's not even in a moral way necessarily, you know, because there's a lot of things, you know, that I disagree, you know, that I've come to disagree with from the way that I was raised. Uh, it's just, you know, in your the integrity that you have in your relationship with with yeah. God. Uh, it's, you know, it's like my grandmother always said, it's a relationship. It's not the rules and. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. times we get we get it's easy when you come up in a religion to have the focus on the rules, but that's you know, like if to use the example of Christianity and fundamentalism religion, it's just like you know a lot of the times fundamentalists we you know thinking is very much like the Pharisees, which is what Jesus yeah. came to overthrow, right? To break us free from break us free from yeah to bring a sword. And, and, you know, I love what you're saying. And, you know, one of the things that we like to do on this show and, uh, is, um, is to introduce the team. Because, as you know, you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people or the managers or anybody else like that. And they, and they really don't get no recognition whatsoever. And I, and I know that they don't care if they get a pat on the back, but I like nope. to give them a pat on the back. So it, take too. one or two minutes, you know, take one or two minutes to kind of – Talk a little bit about the team that helped you be who you are. So as I walk from behind the black curtain onto the onto the stage with all the spotlights, and I step up to the podium and and uh, they hand me this trophy, I make this speech and I you know start thinking all these people that we so callously refer to as the little people, mm-hmm. right? These are mm-hmm. uh, the, these are the people mm-hmm. that may help you transform, help you become who you are. Uh, you know, that tell you, you know, your time as a caterpillar is over and you know, you get butterfly or whatever. So, you know, I've got uh, a lot of friends in, in banner music. Kamala Kleindance has been my manager uh, the last eight years. Uh, her husband, Daniel, is also a partner, and there's a songwriter, and he, uh, you know, he's been a constant writer, and he's been one of my producers and uh, has really helped me in that uh, personally, you know, as an art and artist development. Um, and Daniel, mm-hmm. just, congratulations! And Daniel has a song out that Scooter Brown band just uh, that he wrote with Scooter called "Leave It mm-hmm. to a Woman." That, uh, is just is doing really well. Uh, and then uh, right now, I mean, I'm working with uh, 117 Group, uh, Zach Farnham and mm-hmm. Aaron Flagel, and yeah, uh, their awesome. whole team there at 117 Group are just you know they're amazing and they're they're good. They're driven. The, the nice thing is they're driven like me. You know, they want to succeed. They <laughs> want their artists to succeed. I've worked with a lot of different publicists as an independent artist, and uh, Zach has – I mean, Zach was recommended by another publicist, and uh, Zach is bar none uh, the best publicist I've worked with. He's just done a, a tremendous job, and he's always uh, – he's a bulldog. You know, he's very tenacious yeah. and fights for his artist too, and that's, you know, that's how the crew at, at Banner is. Uh, then – and Nathan Smith is a guy uh, who's an audio engineer and produced moved to Florida now. He's working for an office down there, but he's right. helped me do a lot of mixing and engineering. And now uh, the whole crew with Buddy Cannon, with Cannon Productions, Buddy Cannon, obviously <laughs> amazing producer, you know, Black Dress Song to all the Willie Nelson catalog in the last 10 years. 
just for this recent Rita's album, Jamie Johnson. I mean, just, you know, Rochelle Wright. I mean, all, all these people, uh, Sammy Kershaw, just uh, amazing producer and good guy and just a, mm-hmm. one of the most genuine people for the level of success that Buddy has is probably the most, if not the, mm-hmm. one of the most, you know, humble down to earth, regular people ever. Yeah. Uh, which is which is refreshing because that's how I try to be as a you know in whatever as an artist or as a physician or anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know Shannon Finnegan's his assistant and uh, Tony Castle who does you know, the mixing he's he's been invaluable. I mean that whole team mm-hmm. all those people there are just amazing and uh, yeah. just, they've been very helpful in my music career and uh, and I'm, there are a lot of other people that I mentioned a lot of my co-writers yeah. and stuff they, I learn from from everybody and I'm really grateful for all of that. Awesome. I, I can't mention all of those, but uh, I mean, those, those are the key people. <laughs> We'd be here um, all day long. <laughs> absolutely. Right. <laughs> Especially you talk about all the things that they've done for you and how, you know, how grateful you are. Then <laughs> it's just like, uh, well, let's catch you after Thanksgiving dinner while you're watching the football game. and We'll just keep on listening <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, we kind of have a third party to our team, our eight-year-old. We we call. He always oh, gets did. on and asks one question, so we're gonna get him on to ask you one Sweet. question real quick. And and it. we got a 15-month-old or 16-month-old too. And when she gets Aww. old enough, we'll be plugging her in. To the that's show con- that's <laughs> awesome! Congratulations, the happy little family. Yeah, yeah I have three kids and we're, from nine to fifteen. We're right a family now. affair. Oh, well. We are. Yeah. He, he, here's Christopher. Hi, James. What's your favorite food? Hi, hi, Christopher. What was that? Well, uh, what's your favorite food? My favorite tune? Food. Food. Okay, I'm sorry. I've got a bad connection on my <laughs> My favorite food. Gosh, man. If you saw me, you'd know I like to eat. Uh, if I had to pick, like, one, <laughs> probably I'd have to go with, Mex- like, Tex-Mex food or Indian food, like mm-hmm. India from, like, over in Asia. Mm. With sushi, maybe a close third. <laughs> but if I had to have one thing, like a taco, probably like a really good taco. Oh, yeah. How about that? What about you, Christopher? <laughs> What's your favorite food? A pizza. A pizza. You know, when I was eight, that was definitely my favorite food, and I love a good pizza, <laughs> man. So I like uh, the pizza that we get here in Tulsa is from a place out of Stillwater called Hideaway Pizza. And they have my favorite one is the Capone, and it has like garlic and uh, pepperoni and sausage and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Did you like all, like the loaded <laughs> stuff or like a cheese pizza? <laughs> he said <laughs> he he comes and goes. He, goes he loves exactly. he comes and goes quick, but loves to be but a part yeah, of the show. Yeah, he he That's loves good. pepperoni and sausage, but. Well, when I was there, I could probably put away a whole pepperoni pizza, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've always been taught that, you know, your kids have a front row seat to what you do. So, yeah. you know, if you want to inspire passion and purpose into them, have them watch you live out yours. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that you mentioned that because uh, my two youngest children both are into mm-hmm. photography. Oh, and, wow. uh so the cover, my cover for April May, the single that mm-hmm. picture of me was actually the live picture was from my daughter uh, took that picture. Oh wow! And um, wow. the cover for uh, now we're getting somewhere and also the Tulsa time cover, uh, mm-hmm. Tulsa time cover maybe a little bit more famous uh, because it's kind of a stylized artistic one. Those are both taken by my son who's 
the big <laughs> photo bug. So oh, uh, wow, that's yeah, cool. and right now <laughs> I've got my uh, my oldest daughter is working for me part time, trying to help help do some stuff. So yeah, we're so trying you're, to get like us to be a family, family affair. Absolutely, trying <laughs> to be a family affair. And you know, so, uh, um, both of my I have two sisters, and they both work for me too. So that's oh, a that blessing. is awesome. Yeah. So if if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? You know, that's uh, that's hard because there's you know, like you know thousands of people or hundreds. Because there's so many good ones to write with. So many good ones, and I get to write with so many great people. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in two parts. So if I was gonna go write with somebody that's dead, it would probably be Cole Porter. Because I just love his uh, his writing, uh, but really I think somebody that's alive uh, that I haven't written with would be Alan Shambling, because I just oh, wow. uh, I love Alan Shambling's music. It's just so great. I mean, like uh, obviously like House of Built Me. He's got so many big songs. One of my favorite ones hmm. recently is uh, Cactus in a Coffee Can. If you haven't heard that uh, on Reba's new album. Uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely it. Of course, I'd love to write with Willie, and that may happen eventually. But, uh, <laughs> Willie has has always been one of my favorites, but um, you know, I know he's he's kind of busy. So, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just found out. I think Willie's album, you know, last day of last or first rose of what was it, first rose of spring or summer. Uh, mm-hmm. it, his album is coming out. Okay, so on on this album, there's a track "Stealing Home," which I'm 99 percent certain is the same song that I cut on this album called Stealing Home that was written by Marla Cannon, uh, Casey Bethard, and Don Sampson. Uh, it's a really mm-hmm. great song, and so I'm really interested mm-hmm. to hear Willie's take on it, especially since we have the same yeah. producer. But, you know, Willie's, Willie's will be 180 degrees different. So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I've always – you know, Willie was uh, – you know, Willie's definitely really country, but he's also, like, not country at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if you listen mm-hmm. to it, like, yeah. we listen to his stuff in the 80s, he definitely got a country voice in the writing. It's definitely a folk country kind of writing, lyrical style. But the songs, you know, were way more poppy, even like that whole outlaw, mm-hmm. and Waylon Jennings, and yeah. the, all that stuff just had a just a magic to it that was kind of even missing, I think, in, in the rest of the country at the time. So I've always, yeah. since I was a little kid, loved Willie Nelson's music. And that's one of the things that's always tied me back to country even when I was listening to alternative or rock or whatever. I would just... Uh, you know, Willie would put out an album like that Lost Highways album uh, mm-hmm. or uh, the Great Divide album. There's so many of them. That was just uh, such an amazing catalog. And even though he's yeah. like a legend and an icon, he's still underappreciated in my book. Yeah, yeah he definitely is. So um, Especially for a songwriter. A he's a great songwriter yeah. and also, you know, oh, following, yeah. yourself, following your calling and saying forget, you know, what the industry says, you know, I'm going my way, yeah, going exactly. what I'm called to do. <laughs> so that's, you know, he's a hero of mine from that perspective. Well, look at Luke Combs. I mean, remember, he? I think he tweeted recently about when he pitched, I think, six of his songs and the executive said, oh, they'll never work. And all right. and he tweeted that all six went number one. Right. Um, you know, Toby <laughs> Keith, that's a Toby Keith story is a like similar that. thing. Yeah, I mean, Toby Keith came to town, and I think the story has had like, what, like 12 songs on this cassette or something, and mm-hmm. kind of the same thing, you know, like this is never going to work, blah, 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 you know, because people are ahead of their time or whatever, right? 
And uh, I think mm-hmm. like all but two of those songs were ended up being number ones for Toby. I think the story, <laughs> something awesome. like that. And Toby, you know, you look at something mm-hmm. like when he was still at the height, you know, he he's one of those few people that had like 30 number ones, or I don't know how many number ones he had now, but <laughs> Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Back, you know, way back when he was still in his prime, he'd already had thirty, kind of like Blake Shelton. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think Luke Combs, Luke Combs is one of the few people I can listen to on country radio right now. I mean, mm-hmm. that I enjoy listening mm-hmm. to, you know. Um, yeah. And that's not and that's not insulting other artists or you know yeah. talking anything. It's just mm-hmm. um, perspective. Mm-hmm. His writers, I know a lot of the writers or a couple of the writers that he writes with. And um, they're really great writers, and it's different. Uh, and it's, yeah, I mean, he has his, his niche of stuff, but it's different. Like all the other beer dragon songs out there are just like kind of cheesy to me, but Luke's are, are kind of authentic, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's one of the things that annoys the one of the things that annoys me about like country radio is like every song is in a bar. Like every single mm-hmm. like like ninety five percent of songs on the country radio are in a bar. Right, and if it's a mm-hmm. love song, it's like in a bar, you know. And it's just like if if you were uh, if you didn't know what country music was, and you were outside observer and started you know, just listening to the commercial country radio right. these days, you would think that uh, country radio is just a, a genre for alcoholics, you know, <laughs> because everybody's yeah, always sure. drinking a beverage and they're always and <laughs> they're unemployed because they're always at the lake or they're at the bar. You know, that must be the biggest lake in the world. You know, like uh, must look like Fourth of July on on a big river. But uh, there's a lot of but. So I I really, I mean I have to say I just really don't like a lot of music yeah. that gets put on commercial on anything because to me it's about the quality and a lot of you know and you can't help on the radio people can't help it because it's what the major labels are giving them because. They're trying yeah. to put out the same song that sold you know, a million copies last year. They're trying to get all their artists to basically recreate that magic because they know that they can go buy their you know, their Jaguars and BMWs from that. So <laughs> I get it. It's a business. They got you know, record company uh, executives got to eat. And uh, <laughs> but I, I love the artists that push the envelope. I love artists that you know Taylor Swift yeah. was always the least, the furthest thing from country, but mm-hmm. musically, but her writing. Was always was all great as she evolved. Oh, yeah. So I always great. I always oh, okay. loved Taylor Swift stuff uh, while she you know especially like the Red album and her first couple mm-hmm. of pop albums because oh, yeah. you know until she until she kind of lost her way I think and like now she's just trying yeah. to like, appease her fan base and everything and mm-hmm. uh, but I think those artists you know she she did so much for the genre just because of being in the country genre. You could say Katy Perry too was, I mean, she basically learned how to write in Nashville and that Nashville craft style uh, in, yeah. in gospel. And that's kind of really served her well. And she was, you know, she was different. And I think she's a good example of people trying to push her into boxes of like, them trying to make her sound like <laughs> Av- the next Avril Lavigne or like whoever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Or, or trying to sound like a new Atlantis Morissette, and then you know, then suddenly you find who you are, and you mm. hit that like a lightning rod, and you just you know, grab onto the lightning rod and don't let go while the music's coming. That's what Luke, 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 Luke Combs is. Luke Combs is right here. Maren Morris, John Parham, those are those are people I I love right now. 
that is all. So we're done. The last three questions here, so we can let you get back to what you were doing. <laughs> so yes. I'm about to ask a question in a way, um, and I have a certain purpose for the way I ask this, and I'll explain that after I ask. But if you, if what you're about to say would 100% come true, where would you be in five years? And the reason I'm asking in this way is we ask where would you be to uh, where where do you want to be in 5 years to Kelsey Ballerini 5 years in fact February made five, the 5 year anniversary of us asking that her answer was almost to the T of what she's living right now so I always like to tell that story to get artists to really think about vision behind the next 5 years so if all bets were off and it would 100% come true where do you want to be in 5 years um you know, I want to be at the top of the food chain at Banner Music that has probably mm. 5,000 artists from New York, L.A., Nashville, mm. everywhere, uh, in, as a basically a new artist label. And, you know, I've always <clears throat> had stuck in my mind like seven Grammys, so I would probably be looking across, uh, looking at the seven mm. Grammys on my uh, table and um, mm. you know, being able to, you know, being even more than today, you know, living the dream of, of having like commercial airplane, having number ones and, and that, that kind of part where you can get your music out into, yeah. uh, you know, in, in front of fans, like getting major airplay and playing mm-hmm. stadium tours. Uh, that's, that's kind of the goal for me in five years. Cause I, you know, I think we're just now awesome. kind of like coming into where my voice is and also coming into that point as a writer where, uh, I'm learning to find a not just my own authentic voice, but a voice that's different. Uh, yeah. It has something you know to contribute differently that's not not out there. That that is I love that answer. So let's say you have a friend, and let's say you heard him or her sing, and they they got something special. You and this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. Let's say they got okay. something special. They've played maybe 30 shows, so they're still getting their feet right on that side of it, but they've gotten on that stage. They've got what every artist says they get, that stage bug. They look over the crowd, crowds cheer, and they right. just know that they're in the right place. They come right. to you and they say, James, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say first, first of all, you've got a taste of what you know of what can happen. You see, like a little glimpse of a possible destiny, and if you, uh, you know, if you, you have to kind of decide: are you do you want to just kind of do this, uh, you know, low key, or you know, we're out playing, you know, just playing shows around and like developing a regional following stuff, or do you want to reach the fullest potential that you can imagine in your wildest dreams and if the answer is the latter then it's time to get to work uh, because (laughs) you're just getting a taste and you've got you've got to develop as fast as you can every day Mm -hmm. as a writer as a lyricist as a melody writer if you're going to write your own stuff as a performer, as a sing, as a vocalist, mm-hmm. as a you know musician, if you're in the band, all these things, you have to really in this day and age, you have to developing your marketing, who you are as a person, your online social profiles and everything to you know that attracts people to you, and you have mm-hmm. you have to really do a lot of soul searching, cutting away everything uh, to find out who you really are. You know, and there's some yeah, options. Exactly. You, can, you know, if you want to be the the badass rock and roller, I mean, you can you know hone yourself down to being that. But you've got to find out what's yeah. the, what what's your story, 
you know, like in Hollywood, yeah, exactly. you know, what's your story? You got 10 seconds, right? So, but you've, uh, if you're, if you're in it to win it, you've got to, uh, you've got to work on all these things. And if you, mm-hmm. if you're not interested in writing, if that doesn't, you know, if you just want to perform, that's a little bit easier because, uh, then you can just focus on your performance and live show and how to entertain an audience. But if you want to be a writer, You've got to write stuff better than, and you've got to write stuff that's at the caliber of professional songwriters, or you're not going to get noticed. Uh, yep. You know what I mean? So exactly. So, so tread, come down be careful to, before yeah. you step on that thin yeah. ice. If you really want to make sure you want <laughs> exactly. <to. Yeah. laughs> this is your last chance. Blue pillar, blue pillar, red pill. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so as we get to the last question here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. That's that's maybe the best question I've ever been asked. Really, uh, from an interview. We built our show around that question. We have, yeah, and, and you know, we got some good questions from that. I don't know. I mean, I think that's such a that's a great question, and you know, you always mm-hmm. come up with these things, and you're like, I wish they would talk about this, I wish they'd talk about that, or blah blah blah. <laughs> but um, I think. Um, I, I like it when interviewers, like, when you get to kind of – well, I mean, because I like to listen – if I'm listening to, like, Shelton or uh, mm-hmm. you know, Tori Amos or somebody on that interview, I want to hear – you know, I just want to hear them talking to the person. You know, I want to kind of hear a little bit about them and get an insight on some of their quirks or what is it, you know. So mm-hmm. Maybe just, oh, that's maybe why their music resonates with me or whatever. So I I think uh, – You know, what, one of the questions that we do ask, I think you guys have – yeah, go ahead. One of the questions that we do ask, and usually, usually, you know, we ask like the women, what, what's, what is quirky about you, and we ask the men, what's unusual about you, because a lot of times the men, you, you're not going to ask them what's quirky. They'll, that's un, they'll, they'll be uncomfortable. So, so, so yeah. we do ask that. That's a, that's a phrase I use a lot. Yeah, I mean, I use that a lot. I mean, you have to. I think that's when you want to find, like, if you have a friend. I mean, just forget about all mm-hmm. this you know, stuff about leadership and social media and being an artist or in, in the entertainment industry. It's just like, you know, you and a friend, what is it that you like about a friend? You know, it's probably usually yeah. that they listen yeah. or that you have some commonality that they can relate to each other. And usually there's something that's quirky about them. It's unusual. Yep, exactly. You know, uh, you know mm-hmm. and the, the people that, you know, always come up in conversation, the quirkier, the better, right? So I think, you know, you have yep. to be, you have to find, I tell people you have to find, uh, you know, in this search for who your authentic self is, it's, it's a journey for you discovering it too. Right? And that's what we say. We feel like layers. our show is our authentic self. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're trying to find who you are. Uh, and, and that's a common experience in all humans, regardless if you're, you know, you could be selling cans and hopefully you're still trying to figure out who you are in life. And uh, you don't have to be an artist or, you know, an author or something to have to do that. It's, I, I think that's one of the, the keys in life is to really to what do I want? I mean, who, what am I led to do? Not what I've been told I should do by society or yeah. by family or by church or, or by, you know, books I've read or whatever. It's, you know, strip away all these roles about, you know, I strip away. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a father, but I mean, like, okay, let's strip off the being a father part and being a husband part and being a doctor and, being, mm-hmm. you know, a, a taxpayer and all these things, you know, who, who am I? And you know, what's my purpose in life? And, and yep. what do I enjoy? What do I honestly enjoy? You know, 
And so that's you have to kind of find that. I'm, I'm a crack up. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely a, a class clown. Uh, and so you can probably tell that if you watch my TikTok videos, those are the ones that probably come up, you know, the most on views is just, you know, me being quirky is what, you know, how I describe it. So you have to find your unique, your, what is the marketing term, the unique selling proposition, <laughs> the, U, the USP or whatever. You have to find out what's different about you that resonates with people, you know, that's a value because people like, like to see it. And sometimes that's just honesty. And, and for me, sometimes that's because I'm a physician and, and you know a lot about healthcare and help, can help people, and because I'm a caring person, or because you know, you know I'm intelligent and, and can talk about philosophy stuff. And in country music, which people don't usually think of those two things together, being you know like, uh, uh, although we definitely have our huge tradition of cowboy poets and, and great songwriters mm-hmm. that are deeply thoughtful. Uh, uh, you know what what is it about you that you know that resonates with with you and yep. that draws your friends yep. to you? So. I, I think you know so, my quirkiness is my sense of humor. I mean that's one of my biggest things, probably. And I'm six foot five. You know, so I'm like a I'm a giant. You know, uh, even you know without the boots on. So. So as we end this here, tell everybody how they can reach you. Well, uh, my number is nine one eight two. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, the best way to find me is. My website's jamesrobertweb.com, so that's J-A-M-E-S-R-O-B-E-R-T-W-E-B-B, so W-E-B-B. Uh, all my socials, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter are all uh, – those are the main ones I'm on usually. Those are all James Robert Webb. It's all one word, so it's exactly that. I think I'm on – I think I'm verified on all those. There's a blue check mark, so – uh, all the music, awesome. you know, if you're listening to music, it's all uh, James Robert Webb. Uh, you look at Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music, wherever. So definitely go download the heck of that album. It's you know, <laughs> download the heck out of it. But uh, you know, and then come talk to me on Facebook or TikTok or wherever and uh, Instagram, and let me know what you think. And if you, especially if you heard us on this podcast, let me know because that helps. Uh, that's how you guys know, you know, that yes. oh, yeah. people are hearing it. So. Uh, it share it, tag me. You can always tag me on social media. I, I love it when people tag, so it's not. It's cool. Some people are afraid, like they're afraid to tag people, but yeah, definitely tag me. And uh, awesome. I'm right now. Instagram is probably the best place if you want to actually talk to me, like DMs. Okay. Okay. For the next month until I blow up. So. You got <laughs> well, yeah. well, we en- well, we enjoyed having you on, and we got another we interview did. coming up. So. <laughs> I have yeah. a lot. We enjoyed Thank having you, you so much. All right, and you thank have you all for a listening. great, and we look forward to having you back down the road. Me yes. too, I'd love to, and tell Christopher I said not to eat too much pizza. I will <laughs> let him know. <laughs> we'll tell him. <laughs> thank James you for Robert your time Robert. today. Right. Okay, bye. 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 bye.